much for tuning in for another episode. I hope that y'all have been having a good week so far. Um, I actually started a new job this week, so I've been kind of busy with orientation and all that fun onboarding stuff, but you know, I'm grateful for this awesome opportunity. So yeah, it's been a busy week, even though it's only Tuesday, but it's been a good week so far. So I am certainly thankful. So if you listened to last week's episode, it was titled Single and Struggling with a little question mark at the end, kind of like a little question, kind of rhetorical, but not quite because I kind of answered it. Anyways, today's episode title is actually um, a conclusion of last week's episode. I didn't want to leave it on like a sad, depressing note. So today's episode title is Single and Satisfied. I really wanted to talk about this topic just because that feeling of being single and struggling with that, wrestling with that, and being frustrated with the dating scene, the dating pool that's a puddle of mud, (laughs) if we're being honest, it just doesn't seem, it seems so hard, right? It seems difficult. And so if you are someone who desires marriage and desires to have a family and you're still single and you're still, you know, having difficulty finding someone, it can be hard. It can be very frustrating. I know how you feel. I get it. I got you. We're not in this alone. We are in this together. But I really wanted to not necessarily turn 180 because these are, you know, single and, um, and struggling and single and satisfied, they do merge. They do weave within each other. But I didn't want to end on this depressing note of single and struggling and just Debbie Downer because there's always something positive. But in this place of singleness, it's not good to stay and to wallow in the sadness of not having a partner. And so I wanted to talk about single and satisfied and talk about satisfaction this um, this week's episode, just to conclude on a brighter note. But if you are someone who is single and struggling, and if you listen to this single and satisfied, it's a word of encouragement and it's a word of, of lifting you up and trying to help us refocus on the important things to think about opposed to constantly dwelling on things that we deem to be negative or unfortunate or things that we don't want to go through, we have to kind of reframe our minds. We have to, you know, we have to reform a new neural pathway in this regard. We have to start thinking in a different way with a different worldview so that we don't get sad, depressed, wallow in our self-pity and all this stuff. You know, of course, it's important to acknowledge your emotions, but you need to be able to acknowledge and then work from there. Say, okay, I acknowledge this feeling. How can I move from this? How Not necessarily ignore it, but how can I continue on keeping this in mind? So the first thing that I'd like to talk about is that if you are single and if you're married or in a relationship too, but this is especially applicable when you are single because it's more viable, makes more sense, but you should focus on your thing. 
or your things, plural. And by that, I mean dreams, goals, etc. things you want to try, right? Um, a lot of desires that you have are God-given, and you should cultivate these desires that you have. They should be cultivated. You should figure out how should I, how can I cultivate this desire? How can I make this happen? How can I try this thing out? So Psalms 37, 4, which I quote a lot because it's a fire. Um, but Psalm 37, 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Ask God to give you ideas for new things too. Like you can literally like ask for like, Hey, like I'm kind of bored. Give me some ideas of things I can try or explore or things that I can research, things that I can like try, just literally try. Like trying is really just is important because it doesn't mean that you're going to love what you're trying, but at least you put in the effort to try and attempt and see if you would like it. But you never know. It could be something that you fall in love with and it could be something that becomes a huge part of your life. You never know. But it's important to be open to trying things and to also cultivate these desires and dreams that you have. Figure out how you can make these things happen. Do you want to go to school again? Do you need to find a mentor? Do you want to be a mentor to someone? Or is there something that you want to happen in your career? Or do you want to join an organization? Whatever it may be for you. Do you want to play an instrument? Do you want to learn to write music? Do you want to take a cooking class, a cake decorating class? Whatever it may be for you, anything like exciting, like, I don't know. It's not necessarily to distract you, but it's so important to keep busy. And a good way to do that is to just explore things. And while you're single, that is the perfect time to do so because you're not obligated to a family or a spouse and um, you have more time to cultivate these things, these desires that you have in your heart. And so this is such a great time to be able to discover and rediscover things about yourself, to learn about yourself, but also to pour into yourself and choose to try things and cultivate desires that you have within you. Another important thing that I like to talk about is that you should take advantage of opportunities that you have you should travel you should um, do you know do spontaneous things don't be reckless but if there's a random spontaneous trip or if you find a random groupon to go to paris with and you get a friend to go with you do it because when you have a family that's not going to be possible and it's not that you'll like think you know that you'll regret it along the line but you might <laughs> it's like i'd rather not regret something than regret it i'd rather take advantage of opportunities than not so if you have things that you just opportunities that come up that are random that could be god that could be god giving you this opportunity because he could be showing you something through that or through whatever experience that may be and it could be you know this experience could shape you into who you are you truly never know. You have to try, but um, you should really learn to take advantage of opportunities that present themselves before you. Another important aspect of being satisfied as a single person is knowing that marriage will not fulfill you. It won't be your complete fulfillment. The only complete fulfillment that you have is God. Marriage is not the end all be all. It's not the goal. It's not like once I get married, I've made it. That's not 
that's not how this works because you're going to be really disappointed because marriage is between two imperfect people. And if you're expecting marriage to be this perfect fairy tale, Cinderella, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty thing, happily ever after, you know, you might be happily ever after, but there's going to be some hurdles in between now and happily ever after. Marriage between two people can never be perfect. And if you are expecting your marriage to fulfill you, or if you're expecting for your future spouse to fill the void that only Jesus can fill in your heart, you are going to be quite disappointed. And, and that is having an unrealistic expectation of what marriage is. So when you're single, it's important to remind yourself that marriage is never going to fulfill you completely there will be fulfilling things in it but the only person who can fulfill you is jesus and marriage is not your goal of life your goal is also jesus your goal is i want to grow closer to the lord and be united with him one day when i leave this earth your goal is not to be married and that's it that's not how this works (laughs) that is not how this works marriage is not gonna like fulfill you it's not gonna make you happy of course you there are you know pieces of marriage that make you happy and you should be happy. But if you're looking to marriage to make you happy and you don't have happiness in yourself and you don't have the joy of the Lord in you, you're going to be quite disappointed because that's not going to happen. I'm not saying that marriage is bad. Obviously it's not. It's something that I want and and the the Bible talks about it so much. Um, Marriage is a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful representation of God's love covenant with his bride, which is the church. And marriage is good because God created it and it is holy, but marriage will refine you and it will make you holy. It'll, it'll expose things that are going on within you because you're going to be in close proximity with someone. You're going to be united spiritually and physically with your spouse. And a lot of things are going to come up and you're going to be really vulnerable. And so in that way, marriage really does a lot of refining and it it makes you holy. Of course, if you are basing your marriage on Jesus and you have um, decided as a couple that you want to pursue the Lord as you grow in your relationship, marriage will make you holy. And I have this this quote that I love. I don't know who said it. It's I, I've heard it a lot of places. But the quote is, marriage doesn't make you happy. It makes you holy. And I think that is so incredible and so profound because if we think about the ideas that we have of marriage in regards to like, you know, movies and entertainment, it's happiness, happy ever after. And that's a thing. Yes, you should be happy. You should be attracted to your spouse. You should love them, right? That's really important to have a happy marriage. But the purpose of marriage isn't to be happy. And I know that sounds really weird and it kind of sounds pessimistic, but if you're going to like, base your happiness upon what your spouse does or doesn't do or what they say or don't say or if you're basing it on a human you're going to be let down because humans aren't perfect you have to center your marriage around the one who is perfect and in this pursuit of holiness happiness will follow because guess what god is holy but god is love and god is joy And so these things will follow as well, but it's important to remember as a single, when you are desiring marriage to have realistic expectations of what marriage is, 
and to not expect the world of your future spouse because they're not perfect. I'd like to start talking a little bit about having satisfaction in the Lord. Um, I'm going to bring some more Hebrew words um, because it's kind of important. Not kind of important, it is very important just because it kind of gets to the root of the sentiment of these particular scriptures. But I'd first like to read, or, or I'd like to quote Psalm chapter 23, verse 1. And this verse says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So this word want, like when I read this as a kid, I was like, I shall not want. What in the world is that supposed to mean? But as I grew older, of course, and had mentors and, you know, pastors and stuff would explain, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But the Hebrew word is chaser, chaser, I think. How you say it? I'm really out of practice, but it's fine. Um, Chaser. And this word means to lack, to decrease, and to need. And so if you insert these definitions into the scripture, it's like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not decrease. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not need. So in essence, the scripture is saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I've got everything I need in him. He's protecting me, and he's my, provi- my provider, and I have everything that I need in him. Another scripture that I love is Psalms chapter 34, verse 8, and it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. And these words, taste and see, um, tawam and rawa, <laughs> butchering these <laughs> pronunciations, but it's fine. Um, these words mean to perceive and to behold. Perceive and behold that the Lord is good. And this good, I loved the definition in Strong's for this word good. The word is tabe, or ta, or sorry, tobe. And this good, it means good in the wildest sense. When I read that, I was like, are you kidding? That is so crazy. I was about to be like, oh my gosh, that's so wild. No pun intended. But for real, like good in the wildest sense. Like think of good, but think of so good that you can't even comprehend it. Like it's so wild, it literally makes zero sense. That's how good God is. That's his goodness. Perceive and behold that God is good in the wildest sense. It's also really important to remember that as a single, this is such a great time to invest into your relationship with the Lord and to spend time in his presence. When you are occupied with a spouse or with children, of course you will have your devotional time, but you won't have as much time as you'll have now as a single. This is the best time for you to invest into your relationship with the Lord and for you to allow him to work on your heart and reveal things to you and show himself to you in beautiful, amazing ways and to have an established relationship with him so that when you marry and when you have children, that everything in your life has that foundation that you have built with your relationship with the Lord. So it's really important to also remember that too. It's like singleness, listen, like you can grow so close to the Lord. Of course, you can still grow close to the Lord when you move into different seasons in life. But this time, you can have exponential growth, and that'll just, that's so wonderful. You'll, you'll just fall more in love with Jesus, and he will show you great, wonderful, beautiful things, 
great things which you don't know, I believe is what it says in either Jeremiah or Isaiah. I can't remember. But the Lord will reveal himself to you and your relationship with him will become so, so rich. So these next couple of scriptures that I'd like to read are talking about satisfaction. And when I'm finished reading them, I'm going to give the definition of the Hebrew word that they use. The first is Psalms chapter 63, verse 5. It says, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. When I read this, I think of like Thanksgiving, if you're an American listening, um, or a Canadian too, um, which Canadian Thanksgiving I think was yesterday. Anyways, um, if you are, you know, I guess I'll just say North American, right? I think of like a big feast, just a holiday feast. Think of holiday feasts because lots of cultures have huge holiday feasts. I just think of this massive holiday feast with like a huge turkey and mac and cheese and all these sides and candied yams and apple pie with a streusel topping and all of these delicious, delicious things. And the feeling of the satisfaction of a full plate and a good meal on an empty stomach. This scripture is like, Lord, you satisfy me way more than that. You satisfy me more than the best meal I've ever had in my life. And listen, I've had some good meals. I've had some pretty tasty grub, you know? Um, and it's so like exhilarating to have a good meal. Like the gastronomical experience hits different when the food is good. Like when the chef like throws it down in the kitchen it's something else like a good meal just think about the best meal you've had think about the best dessert the best meal think about that that meal that your mom makes that's so warm and comforting to you the lord satisfies you tenfold way more than the most satisfying meal that you ever had in your life that's how much he can satisfy you it's a good visual because that's one thing that we can like having being satiated, like ha being full and feeling satisfied, having a good meal and being full and feeling nourished. The Lord can satisfy you so much more than that. And I think that's so beautiful. And I love this imagery here that is written in Psalms. The next scripture I'd like to read is Psalms chapter 90 verse 14. And it says, satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. If I'm not mistaken, I think this is a song of Moses, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> I think when I was reading that, it said a Psalm of Moses. But if you think of like Moses and the Exodus, they were going through the wilderness and it was like a daily thing. Like they were literally walking in the wilderness for like 40 years, very long time. But I love how it says, satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love. It's this daily thing. It's not just one moment and that's enough. Of course, one moment could be enough, but it's like God isn't just holding back from you. He doesn't want you to just have one moment. He wants you to have moments every morning. He wants you to be satisfied every day with him. So satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. In these scriptures, I love it so much because it begins with satisfaction and it ends with joy. Like in Psalm 63, 5, you satisfy me 
more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. And then in Psalms chapter 90, verse 14, satisfy us each morning with your unfailing love so we may sing for joy to the end of our lives. So ultimately, satisfaction in Jesus will ultimately result in joy. And I think that's so good and powerful. And that's another thing that you can think of that'll apply to your marriage as well. If you're satisfied in Jesus, joy will result. So if you're satisfied in Jesus, you will see joy in every area in your life, including your marriage, including your family. And I think that's so beautiful and amazing. Like joy is like a promise of, of that satisfaction in the Lord, of finding your satisfaction and your hope and your peace and your joy in the Lord. The next passage I'd like to read is Psalm chapter 107, verse 9, and it says, For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. I love this so much. I think of like being parched, having a dry tongue, a dry throat, and just being so thirsty. You're like in the middle of the night when you get randomly thirsty and you crave iced water out of nowhere, and it's 3 a.m. It's like God satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. I think it's so interesting how it's not just food, but it's good things. It's things that'll nourish you, that'll uphold you, things that'll help you become healthier, things that'll improve your state of being. He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. And the final scripture I'd like to read is Psalms chapter 145, verse 16. And it says, when you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. If you have a hunger or a thirst in your heart, it can be for many things. It can be for your future spouse. I know for me, sometimes I pray, I'm like, Lord, I just desire to be with my husband you know, and I'm still single, but it's fine. But like, I'm just saying like, that's, that's an example. It's like, you have this hunger, this longing, this desire for something, whether it's your future spouse, whether it's a particular job or something that you have in your mind and your heart that's been going on in your spirit for a while that you've been dwelling on thinking about. And it's probably a desire that the Lord's given you. And you're just thinking on it, thinking on it, thinking on it. When the Lord opens his hands to you. He satisfies the hunger and thirst of everything. Everything. He satisfies the hunger and thirst of your mind, of your heart, of your spirit, of your body even. He satisfies all of you. Every part of you the Lord will satisfy when he opens his hand. But you have to be open to him. You have to open your hand to him. And you have to accept what he has for you and be open to what he has, even if it may be different than what you expect or perceive to be correct or perceive to be the best. When he opens his hand, he satisfies the hunger and thirst of every living thing. This word that, um, this satisfy, the word satisfy in, in Hebrew is sabaya, and this means to fill to satisfaction to have enough, and to be full. So when it says, you satisfy me, it's like, you have enough for me. You are enough. I am filled to the brim. I am completely full. And so the Lord 
has this ability to completely satisfy you in a way that no one ever can. And he's the only one that can do that. And he's the only one that you can rely on to do that. He is enough for you. He is enough. You have to get it in your head, especially when you're single. He is enough. Now, that doesn't mean you're neglecting the things around you. You're not neglecting your relationships, nor your community, nor your goals and dreams by saying that, by saying he's enough and everything else is trash. That is not what I'm trying to say. But he is enough. Be okay with the possibility of not marrying. Sounds kind of grim, sounds depressing, sounds pessimistic. I'm not saying like that you should stop praying for your future spouse or stop petitioning for your future spouse or stop praying for marriage. That's not what I'm saying. It's just important for you to understand the depths of your soul, to know that Jesus is enough for you and that he always will be. And that if he doesn't bless you anymore from now on, think to yourself like, if he doesn't bless me, Will I still be grateful? Will I still love him with my heart, soul, mind, and strength? Will I still serve him? Will I still glorify him? It's important to self-reflect and think, where is my heart coming from? Am I coming from the place of love, of gratefulness, of gratitude? Or am I coming from a place of wanting blessings and not wanting his heart? You have to remind yourself of this. You have to think of this too. And, you know, sometimes you have to do it periodically. Sometimes you forget. Sometimes you get so caught up in the blessing that you forget about the one who gives the blessing. And it's important to think back, take a couple steps back and remember, all right, who? what is this about? This is not about me being gratified or me receiving what I want. It's about glorifying the Lord. And whatever happens from that will be beautiful and good and will be everything that I need. So having him is enough. He is enough. He himself, Jesus, he is enough. He will fill you. Having his heart is enough. Just simply him. He is enough. When he's enough for you, everything else will be a beautiful addition to your life. Like the cherry on top. (laughs) When he's enough, there's no room for idols. And when he's enough, you will have fulfillment in other areas of your life. And when he is enough, you lack nothing. You are not lacking. You are not deteriorating. You're not decreasing. You have enough. And he will bring an increase into your life. You have to first make him the center of your heart. And so if you are, once again, in a place of singleness and you get frustrated and stressed and you struggle sometimes, Reframe your mind and remember who satisfies you. We can get really caught up in things that we think are good, which are good. I'm not saying they're not good. Marriage is created by God himself. But we could get caught up so much in certain things and ideas that we begin to idolize them and we forget who created them and why he created them. And so it's important to take a couple steps back sometimes and think, all right, I have this desire, but listen, like my heart is the Lord's and I belong to him and I want what he has for me. And I want like exactly like I want his will to be fulfilled in my life. And I have this desire for godly marriage. And if he provides that for me, amazing. But if he doesn't, he is still enough 
And it is not easy getting to that place because that is a hard conversation to have with yourself. Because you don't want to think about that. You don't want to think about the possibility of not receiving something that you want because it's harsh, right? But when you get to the point of being satisfied in Jesus, you stop just like, not, you don't stop desiring things, but it's like, it doesn't become as much of like a priority. You're not like focusing on that thing. Like you just want Jesus. Like you just want the heart of God. And that is a place where we need to get to. That doesn't mean you don't stop desiring marriage because you should definitely pray for it. Pray for your future spouse. Pray that the Lord prepares you for it if that's a desire he's given you. But don't make that the pinnacle of your prayer. Don't make that the focus of your prayer time, is like marriage. Like Don't make that your idol. And we can so easily idolize marriage. I think that I, I have a previous episode on idolizing marriage. Because it can be so easy to do, especially in modern Christian culture, right? Like we see all these Christian couples with their baby announcements right after their honeymoon. <laughs> and the gender reveals and all these things just are beautiful, wonderful. Like people start families, but like we don't all start families at the same exact time. Because guess what? God's will for your life is his will for your life. And his will for their life is not his will for yours. And trust that whatever the Lord is, is doing in you, doing through you, that it is going to shape you into a wonderful person. And that wonderful person will be even better um, in like future arenas, whether it's future relationships or a job or an arena or a ministry, whatever that may be. Whatever the Lord's doing in your life is to propel you, is to shape you into a person whose heart looks more like his, to mold your heart to look more like his. And it'll ultimately contribute to whatever you're going to be doing in the future for his glory. And so if you're single and if you're struggling, turn your eyes to Jesus. I know it's cliche. I know it's easier said than done. But he is the only one who can satisfy your heart. And it's so important to remind yourself that marriage is not going to fix everything. Like you have to get your heart repaired by Jesus first. You have to be whole. And not just for marriage, but be whole because God is your healer and he will heal the holes in your heart. But you can't get to the place where you just want marriage and you don't want God in it because it's not going to, it's, listen, I would much rather wait and get married quote unquote late, which I probably won't. But regardless, I'd rather wait for God's will for his best and do something on my own thinking that it was the best for me and try to do things all by myself and try to make my own way. Of course, we have our own part to play, but God is, is really good at orchestrating things together. He is really good at it. And we may not see it in the moment, but he's working in the background in every moment. And so it's not worth trying to make things happen that aren't supposed to happen for you opposed to waiting on the Lord. And I know that sounds like loaded, but it's like, would you rather do your own thing and have subpar or wait on the Lord and have his best for you, which is the ultimate best, like the absolute ultimate best ever. I just think of like, if you've seen um, Avengers Endgame, Dr. Strange talks about like millions of possibilities of like um, them getting, you know, killing essentially Thanos 
And he's like, this is the only way. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I just think of like, there could be millions of possibilities that go on in your life. But listen, God has a, a will and a way that is so good for you. Good in ways you never suspected. Good in ways you never thought you needed. But what he has for you is so good and beautiful. And you'll never regret waiting on him and trusting him. And yes, I know it's hard. I'm doing it too. I know it's hard. It's difficult. But when you have these moments of difficulty, of sadness, of sorrow, of anguish, as I talked about in last week's episode, turn your eyes to Jesus. He is where your help comes from. Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the maker of your heart. He's the only one who can satisfy those empty voids in your heart. So when you're feeling sad or frustrated about this, bring your concerns to the Lord. Cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. But then when you cast your cares, rest in his presence. Allow him to minister over you and speak over you. And let him be your satisfaction. And, and speak over yourself. It's important to speak scripture over yourself. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I have everything I need in him. And just keep saying that over and over until it gets planted in your spirit. Because he truly is the only one who can fulfill your heart. So I think that's all for today's episode. Um, Thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate y'all listening and streaming every week. It means so much to me. I know I say this at the end of every episode, but if you haven't yet, I would really appreciate a rating or a review. That would be great so the podcast can be seen um, and people can be like, oh, this podcast has five stars. Let me listen to it. You know, that would be cool. That would be great. And, you know, getting some new sponsorships would be cool, too. So that'll definitely contribute to that. Um, But, yeah, I appreciate y'all so much. So if you wouldn't mind, it'll take two seconds or less, I promise. Literally, it won't take long at all um, to give a rating or a review. You don't have to write anything, but the five stars would be greatly appreciated. Anyways, thanks so much. Whoa, whoa, I can't speak. Thank y'all so much for tuning in for another episode. I love and appreciate you guys so much. And I will talk to y'all next Tuesday. Ciao.